This is CBS News Bay Area with Juliet Goodrich. Good evening. Something for us all to think about. We're still two months out from San Francisco's primary elections, but the battle is already heating up over a public safety measure that many of you will be voting on. It's Proposition E. It would provide police with new crime-fighting tools. Our Lauren Toms heard from one father who says the changes are needed after a very scary experience in his own neighborhood. It's been four months since this frightening scene outside Jim Riley's house. He says he watched in fear as hundreds of motorcycles and ATVs whizzed by and not a cop in sight. They can't pursue, they can't use drones. He's echoing concerns about police staffing shortages and access to technology that could help keep the city safe. This would have been a perfect example of why they're needed and why they'd be a deterrent or a tool to capture bad guys. Riley says officers didn't respond until the parade of vehicles had passed. He was on his own to protect his son with special needs. He took his first steps on the sidewalk in front of our house. He learned to ride a two-wheeler in front of our house. And that has been our ultimate safe zone. And it was like taken away that day. Stories like this are fueling a new debate over police tactics and police technology. Proposition E that goes before the voters in March could relax restrictions on police pursuits. It could also allow officers use of drones and give freedom for the department to install cameras at select intersections. And it's just one more tool to kind of level the playing field. Tracy McRae heads the city's largest police union. She says officers are not only stretched thin across the city, but have also called for high-tech gear to ease their workload. We need more tools. So when we feel the pursuit has crossed that, threshold to be more dangerous than, you know, maybe apprehending them at the time. It'd be nice if we could lift a drone up, right, and say, okay, they can follow. But critics say the policy could overturn years of guardrails protecting citizens from surveillance and police misconduct. This proposition isn't about whether police can use surveillance. They currently can if they have safety policies. This proposition rips those safety policies away and allows police to expand and deploy dangerous surveillance technologies um, and easily, more easily be able to hide use of force incidents. The ACLU argues Proppy could also reduce independent oversight of the police force. But for Riley, his priority is set on prevention. Even if that means greater access for police. I think we're at a point where we have to, where we're living in a different world. This is a different city. This is a different neighborhood than it was previously. Hopeful for a movement that could bring extra protections to his neighborhood. More on Proposition E that goes before voters in March, and it's supported by Mayor London Breed. Among other things, it would cut down on mandated paperwork for police, which officers say could free up more officers to patrol the streets. It would also allow police to use high-tech tools like drones and license plate readers. A more controversial component would loosen policies on pursuits, which could potentially lead to more chases through the city. All right, just last night, new data presented to the police revealed that 57 out of the 150 pursuits SFPD was involved in ended in a crash. That's between 2018 and last August. 36 people were injured. 
Recently, four police officers were injured during a chase that ended in this crash in the Bayview that involved a suspect wanted in the killing of Oakland Officer Tuan Lay. And last May, a 57-year-old man died and four others were hurt when a carjacking suspect fleeing from officers slammed into a bus stop in the Potrero neighborhood. All right, onto the Sierra now. A second avalanche has hit the Palisades Tahoe Resort just one day after a major avalanche killed a man from the Bay Area. So this avalanche happened around 12:30 this afternoon near the Wolverine Bowl on the Alpine Meadows side of the mountain. Fortunately, no one was hurt in today's slide. But ski patrols searched the area using beacons, probes, and a dog team to be sure. The lift reopened once they gave the all clear. And take a look at this. This is footage, footage from yesterday when witnesses were sifting through the snow looking to save anyone who may have been buried. We are now hearing from an, another avalanche survivor who was pulled to safety. I felt this probe hit the middle of my back or right in my spine and it just jarred me and I was like, oh man. And that's when I could hear the person above me just go, I found him or we got him. And uh, I just, uh, I mean, at that point, you know, it's probably gonna be okay. You, you made it. Yeah. The resort did reopen today, but the KT-22 lift where yesterday's avalanche happened is still closed. And you may be curious about avalanche rescue protocol. We spoke with the assistant chief of the North Lake Tahoe Fire Protection District. It is a multiple agency effort to rescue victims and secure the scene. And most firefighters in the area are trained in avalanche rescue. But overall, avalanches are rare. And when they do happen, it's usually in the backcountry, not a ski resort. The ski patrols do a lot to mitigate um, avalanche danger. Uh, they do, they use hand charges, um, they ski cut, they go in and evaluate. There's a lot of different ways to mitigate avalanches inside the ski area. In the backcountry, that's not available. Authorities are constantly monitoring the snowpack throughout the season, checking its layers and terrain for characteristics of a potential avalanche. For more on the avalanche, just go to our website, kpix.com. All right, we take you now to Oakland, where Mayor Sheng Tao is officially up against a recall effort. And this comes as Mayor Tao begins her second year in office. The group leading the recall campaign announced last weekend they've collected enough signatures to officially start the process. Now, we spoke to the mayor about the effort, and she says she is focused on creating a better Oakland. I have the best job in the world, and that's because every day, I wake up and I get a chance and an opportunity to fight for a safer, more affordable and more prosperous Oakland. And so I ask all Oaklanders to help me achieve that vision with hope and collaboration and really truly push aside any fear and division. Recall organizers still have to collect signatures from the 10% of Oaklanders before the effort is put to voters on a ballot. That's about 25,000 signatures. Take a look at this North Bay classroom. It looks like a hurricane hit it. It was actually the very expensive work of vandals. This was in Santa Rosa, a Wright charter school. The vandals broke the windows of two seventh and eighth grade classrooms. Teachers from the district have come together to help set up a temporary classroom for the students while they try to clean up much of this mess as they can. It is my hope that if we are able to identify who is responsible for this act, clearly it's someone or, you know, person or persons who are angry and beneath that anger is hurt. Someone's hurting and um, I, I am hopeful that we can get them the help that they clearly need. 
It's a nice way to look at it. The district estimates the cost to repair the damage and replace the materials will cost more than $40,000. What a shame. All right, today, BART announced that eight more stations are set to get new gates designed to stop fare evasion. So those stations are Civic Center, Montgomery, Powell, 24th Street, SFO, Fruitvale, Richmond, and Antioch. The prototype is already being tested at the West Oakland station. The new gates, get this, have taller doors, making it harder for fare evaders to get through. With all of this, we still won't stop 100% of the fare evasion. But we will stop most of it, which will go a long way in bringing the riders back. It also hoped the new fare gates will help boost BART revenue. BART is planning to roll out the gates to all the stations by the end of next year. Christian McCaffrey was named the NFL's Player of the Month for December. He's hoping to have an even better January. Vern Glenn has more on the 49ers in tonight's Red and Gold Report. This is the Volkswagen Red and Gold Report. It was business as usual for the 49ers, with one exception. They don't know who they will be playing in the divisional round. What are you guys doing here? It's a bye week. Yeah, what are you guys going to talk about? Here's something to talk about. Eric Armstead, back on the field. He's on track to return after missing the last five games. 49ers got after it in practice on Thursday. Which side of the ball fared better? Well, it depends on who you ask. Today was definitely a full-speed day. Guys flying around, guys competing. Uh, offense definitely competed better today than the defense. Ah, those offensive guys, boy, I'll tell you what. We won today. So to, let's not get that uh, misunderstood. Defense won today. With a red and gold report, I'm Vern Glenn. Thanks for watching. The news continues at 8 on Pix Plus or 44 Cable 12. We'll see you right back here at 11. Have a great one.